Tēnā koutou katoa, kei te whakarongo mai nā ki te reo irirangi o Aotearoa me te moana nui a kiwa. This is Pacific Waves. Kia orana ko Lydia Lewis teia, akarongo mai, coming up. We are enemies to none and friends to all. Palau is reminding Pacific nations diplomacy with China does not need to mean abandoning Taiwan. Also, the people that are really needing the money is not going to get the money. Concerns have been raised over the Cook Islands tax amendment bill. Will high earners be the benefactors? But first, a developing story we've been watching closely. The Indonesian military has officially escalated its operational status in West Papua to ground combat ready, following a clash with the West Papuan Liberation Army at the weekend. There have been multiple casualties reported on both sides. The Indonesian military commander, Admiral Yudo Magono, made the announcement in Jakarta on Tuesday upon returning from West Papua. Final Fonua has been covering the developments. Admiral Yudo Magono says the decision was reached after a very thorough evaluation of the Joint National Police and Military Operation to rescue Kiwi pilots. Philip Mertens, who was taken hostage by the West Papua Liberation Army in February. Admiral Magono says the decision was also made in light of the high number of casualties being reported from the weekend clash with the Papuan rebels claiming to have killed and captured over a dozen Indonesian soldiers. Meanwhile, the West Papuan Liberation Army is calling on the New Zealand government to intercede and de-escalate the tensions in the Indogma region of Highland Papua. Iron the Pacific has received reports of Indonesian airstrikes on West Papua Liberation Army positions, which rebel leaders say further endanger the life of their New Zealand hostage. They are calling for a ceasefire and urging Jakarta and Wellington to stop ignoring their requests for peaceful negotiations. Iron the Pacific has reached out to the New Zealand and Indonesian Foreign Affairs Ministries for an update on the situation. The president of Palau wants to remind Pacific leaders diplomacy with China does not need to mean abandoning Taiwan. President Surangal Whips Jr. is calling for a unified stance in the region, stating that fellow island nations should not feel pressured by Beijing's increasingly aggressive posture towards Taipei. RNZ Pacific journalist Rachel Nath speaks with President Surangal Whips Jr. There, there's uh, countries that have diplomatic relations with China. There's those of us that have diplomatic relations with Taiwan. We have always advocated that we are enemies to none and, uh, I mean, and, and friends to all. The Chinese ambassador asked us to have diplomatic relations with China. And we said, we have no problem having diplomatic relations with China. What we have a problem with is you telling us that we can have diplomatic relations with Taiwan. And, and I, I think that's been you know, Palau's uh, stance because uh, we believe that Taiwan's been a self-governing uh, government uh, for many years. In fact, they were part of the UN. So uh, if anything, uh, respect uh, boundaries and territories. And, and, and when you see the planes flying over and no respect of boundaries, you, it, it is concerning because we want peace. We want peace in the region. 
it, it was peaceful. Now it seems tensions continue to rise and, and we want to promote peace. And I think that's why it's important uh, that um, we stand together. Uh, it, it is concerning because more and more countries have severed relations with Taiwan. And I, I think if when they sever those relations, it begins to signal that they are not a country. And I, and I, I think uh, it's important that we do stand together and, and, and help each other. And as a Pacific uh, uh, island country, because Taiwan is a, in the Pacific, and as an island uh, that actually shares a heritage of, uh, you know, our ancestors throughout the Pacific came from, many of them came from Taiwan. We're all Austronesians. And uh, we should uh, do all we can to maintain peace and security in, in the Pacific. As Pacific brothers, I think that's uh, what we should strive to do. Palau's immediate neighbors are China and Taiwan. And with the rising tensions, experts are making predictions as to whether or not a demonstration of sorts will eventuate. Can you talk into Palau's views regarding this? You know, I'm hopeful that uh, diplomatic solutions, there's ways that people can work together. And I think that's what's important is that we have those open lines of communication that we're able to uh, sort out these issues. You know, uh, we are, a, we live in a, a global economy and, and we're, you know, we share one ocean. We share one planet, whether it's the issue of climate change, whether it's the issue of peace, these are, these are issues that we need to work uh, together on. So uh, I think it's, once again, it's, you know, it, uh, security is, is, a, is a major issue that we need to address. And it's, it's something that we uh, need to work collectively together to reduce tensions and, 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 and of course, uh, improve relations. As we witness the tensions escalate in the region, what is Palau's position? As being uh, part of the world and being uh, part of the global community and, and believing in freedom and democracy and peace, uh, we also understand that we have to do our part. Uh, Palau, for example, has one of the highest uh, 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 per capita uh, participation of citizens in the U.S. military because under our compact, we can participate in the U.S. military. We understand that uh, uh, part of uh, keeping peace is making sure that you're ready and, 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 and uh, we believe in presence is deterrence. So we see the tensions rising. That just uh, reminds us that we all need to be prepared because if we're prepared, we deter. We don't want uh, to ever go through World War II again. We want, uh, we hope that uh, diplomatically we can resolve issues. We can uh, continue to maintain peace, uh, not only uh, in, the, in the Pacific, but in the world. Uh, we've seen what's happened in, in Ukraine. We condemn what's happened in Ukraine. And that's, you know, a, a, uh, a concern that we have is, as being a small country, uh, it's important that we ally ourselves with people that believe in boundaries and rule of law and and, and democracy and freedom because uh, we need to protect those values. And, and it's so important that we maintain a, a free and open Indo-Pacific. And uh, as partners, we need to do all we can.
There are concerns low-wage earners living in the Outer Islands, otherwise known as Pa'inawa in the Cook Islands, will be left behind when a new tax amendment bill comes into force. The change means Pa'inawa residents will not have to pay tax on the first $60,000 they earn. Caleb Fotheringham filed this report on the heavily criticised bill which passed last week. It's been called a last-minute grab for votes by opposition parties, announced less than a week before last year's general election. Now that bill has passed. People who have been living in the Pa'inawa for 182 days or more will qualify for the tax exemption. In Parliament, Prime Minister Mark Brown told members the changes will see up to $1.2 million return to the pockets of workers. There is an uneven playing field when it comes to Rarotonga and the Pa'inawa. This bill goes some way towards levelling that playing field, Mr Speaker. We think that things here on Rarotonga cost a lot of money, but when you go to the outer islands, everything costs more than what it is here. The bill came under immediate fire from opposition parties when it was first announced as a policy, and it was the subject of a failed election petition that claimed the tax cut was bribery. That sentiment has continued in Parliament, with the opposition saying there are better ways to support the Pa'inawa. Leader of the Democratic Party, Tina Brown, says she thought the policy wasn't going to be effective. If you are on 15000 you actually get $1.31 per week more. If you are on 20000 you have $17.65 per week more. And there's more and more as you go up the scale. So the people that are really needing the money is not going to get the money. Ms Brown, who is also a Member of Parliament for Pa'inawa Atoll Rakahanga, questioned the Prime Minister's claim that 1,500 people would reap the rewards of the tax cut. She says only five people from her island that has a population of around 80 would benefit, slamming MPs who are set to benefit the most. Those Members of Parliament in the Outer Islands who qualify you would be saving and taking away more than $10,000 per annum. On a similar vein, Chamber of Commerce Chair Rebecca Tavioni is uncertain how many people would get extra money. It's not really clear who will benefit and by how much. So in the Pioneer, currently most of the workers there already work within the tax-free threshold. That's because many of them earn less than $14,600 annually already meaning they do not pay any tax. Not everyone living in the Pa'inawa are against the move. Penryn Island Executive Officer Puna Vanoa is for it. It's a great news for our people here. I know there are some that argues the point that not much people earn up to 59000 but in my opinion, any tax cut will be a big help. Mr Vanoa says life is hard in the Pa'inawa, Return flights from Penryn cost $3,600 and a 25-kilogram bag of rice is about 80. He hopes the tax cut will result in people returning to the depleting populations of the outer islands. This will attract more workers working in Rarotonga to return to the outer islands. 
This will help boost the social, the economic activity in the outer islands. Ms Tavioni from the Chamber says anything that makes life easier in the outer islands is good. Anything that brings any returning residents to the Pianoa and also anything that promotes new businesses within the Pianoa is welcomed and anything below 60k being tax-free on face value is a really great incentive. She says the tax cut is great. But the two biggest roadblocks in front of business owners in the Pa'inawa are labour shortages and high freight costs. And to end the show, we are heading to Tonga, where New Zealand's Deputy Prime Minister has just landed, halfway through her Pacific Nations tour. Journalist Susana Suisuiki has been travelling with the delegation, where seasonal workers has been a hot topic. I spoke with her a little earlier this evening. You're on the final leg of the trip now. What's on the itinerary for Tonga? Malulele Liria was just landed in Tonga this afternoon. The Deputy Prime Minister Carmel Sipoloni and the two ministers alongside her will meet with Tongan's Prime Minister Kuakaveme Miku tomorrow. You started off the trip in Solomon Islands, then you travelled to Fiji with Carmel Sipoloni. But let's go back to Solomon Islands where you met with RSC workers. What did they tell you about their experience in Aotearoa? Yes, I met two RSC workers in Solomon Islands. One was a young lady by the name of Deborina Talo, who was based in Blenheim, New Zealand, pruning grapes. Deborina just returned to the Solomons last year, December, after being stuck in New Zealand due to COVID. But as a sole breadwinner for her family, Deborina really wants to return to New Zealand and work and provide for her family, despite the challenges she's faced there. And the other person that I spoke with, his name was Fred. Now, Fred told me that through the scheme, he was able to pick up a lot of life skills, uh, such as you know, social skills, talking to people that he wouldn't have normally talked to back in the Solomons. They both spoke highly of the scheme. And I also managed to speak with the permanent secretary of Ministry of Foreign Affairs, Colin Beck. We touched base on, on a lot of things, but the one thing that I asked him about was the concerns of the brain drain in the Pacific. So there are discussions among Pacific regional leaders about losing professional or skilled workers to the scheme. But for Mr. Beck, he says he doesn't see it as a brain drain. He sees it as an opportunity. That was journalist Susana Suisuiki, who is in Tonga. And that's Pacific Waves for today. To listen back, head over to rnzi.com slash programs or you can download us on Spotify, iHeart or Apple Podcasts. From myself and the team here at RNZ Pacific, kia manuia.